hasn't you join us just in time for episode two of Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery and with me in the studio is the producer of that series Patrick Rayner. Now Patrick you were using the original 1947 scripts quite a few challenges I would imagine for both you and for the actors. Yes, initially the challenge was to read them in some places because they are actors' copies, photocopies of the actors, in some cases Marjorie Westbury's uh, own script and, and the producer's own script, Martin C. Webster. But of course they change lines, they cut lines, they wrote all over it, so sometimes working out what the line actually is from the only copies we have it, it was quite tricky. I made one or two educated guesses in places, but it, it's largely Durbridge's script, in fact, almost wholly Durbridge's script. I think I only invented one line because I couldn't read it because it was so dark and swiped out, as it were. It must have been quite revealing, though, to see some of those sort of scribbles and doodles and whatever that the actors had put there. Fascinating. Uh, and uh, Marjorie Westbury is very neat, tiny handwriting and very clear. Other scripts I've seen have caricatures of uh, cast members on, done by people who clearly had not a big enough part, so they had time to doodle. <laughs> and the producer's script is full of things, the kind of things I would write to myself now, like faster, slower, indeed, better. <laughs> <laughs> or, or not, uh, a point and little note, notes you make to yourself and lots of timings as well uh, because, of course, it was done live originally so he had to bring it in on time. So it's a very interesting and it's like, um, it's like just pulling you back 50 years very quickly and you see they had the same problems and the same uh, job to do as we do now. And you get these quite laboured, if I would dare say, sort of descriptions of what's happening, don't you, that obviously we don't have now. I mean, how easy was it to adapt to that? Well, I think, yes, it is very straightforward in the sense that everything is in the dialogue. Look out, Paul, he's got a gun. Oh, look behind there, there's the villa. All the stuff is in the dialogue. We flatter ourselves these days we're much more sophisticated than that. But I don't think so, really. We just try to be a bit obscure sometimes, I think. The lovely virtue of these things is you're never in any doubt what's going on. Once you accept that, once you accept that you're going to be told everything, it's a dream because, yes, it's artificial, but all drama's artificial. Even the most, I don't know, method-acted piece of social realism done today has got its own vanities and its own foolishness so it's lovely to do it's very refreshing actually. well let's get on to episode two which finds paul and steve en route to egypt by flying boat We present Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve in Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, a serial by Francis Durbridge. Episode 2, Interlude at Augusta. Paul, we're off. We're leaving the water. No, we're not. Not yet. Oh, dear. My tummy... Could I trouble you for my handbag? Yes, of course. I've got some... Uh, somewhere. Uh, oh, here they are. Would you like a lozenge, my dear? No, thank you, Miss Fraser. No? No, thank you. They're peppermints. Peppermints? Yes, do have one, my dear. <laughs> no, I, I won't have one. Thanks very much. We're leaving the water. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. There we are. We're off. Oh, dear, we seem to be going very high. I'm afraid we shall go a lot higher, Miss Fraser. <laughs> What's that place, darling? Where? Oh, that's Brown Sea Island. Is that pool I can see? Yes, that's pool. What a tiny wee place. <laughs> uh, no, this is really quite pleasant. 
You can undo your belt now, Miss Fraser. Oh. How high are we, darling? I don't know. I'm not very good on heights. How high are we, Stuart? About 5,000 feet, sir. You can unfasten your belt now, madam. Oh, thank you. Can I get you anything, sir? Not at the moment, thank you. Is there an observation cabin? There's what we call the promenade deck, madam. We'll have a look at that later, dear. Anything I can get you, madam? No, thank you. Are you travelling far, Mr. Temple? We're going as far as Cairo, that's all. Oh, I've a much longer journey. I'm going to Port Darwin. Port Darwin? Yes. Fortunately, I'm staying a week in Cairo and almost a fortnight in Singapore, so the journey won't seem quite so long. No. Is this your first trip to Egypt, Mrs. Temple? Yes, I'm afraid it is. It's a fascinating country, really fascinating. The first time I visited Egypt was just over 12 years ago. Yes, just over 12 years, at 1935. <laughs> My things have changed a great deal since then, haven't they? Have you friends in Cairo? So our brother, or rather strictly speaking, a half-brother. Apart from a short spell in Indochina, he spent nearly all his life in Egypt. I must say he's done very well for himself. He's with the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company. Oh, yes. Okay. In many ways, I suppose we're rather a curious family. I have a half-brother in Cairo, a sister in Singapore, two brothers in Port Darwin, and a sister in Wellington, New South Wales. You certainly believe in spreading yourselves out. Yes, we, we do that. <laughs> I sometimes wonder whether it's a good thing or not. Would you like to see the promenade deck? Yes. Yes, I would. Excuse me, uh, Miss Fraser. <laughs> You'll get the best view over here, Steve. Paul, what do you make of that woman? Do you think she's mixed up in this business? Now, darling, listen. I don't know whether she's mixed up in this business or whether she isn't, but for the last five minutes you've been looking at her as if she was Dracula's favourite aunt and Frankenstein's kid sister rolled into one. But you saw what happened. You heard what she said. Steve, Miss Fraser stayed the night at the same hotel as Miss Raymond. Right. So did we, so did Harold Darwin, so did 50 or 60 other people. But the peppermints... Miss Fraser sucks peppermints, agreed. But so do thousands of other people. And the fact that her brother... She has a half-brother who works for the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company. Does this mean you're not interested in this case? Case? What case? Joyce Raymond gave us a pair of spectacles and asked us to deliver them to a man in Cairo called Richard Sullivan. But Joyce Raymond was murdered, and she was murdered because... Because what? She was murdered because of the spectacles. You know that as well as I do. Why do you think we were nearly drowned yesterday afternoon? Do you think that was an accident, or do you think it was done deliberately? I say, you're pretty determined about this business, aren't you? Someone intends to stop us from delivering those spectacles to Richard Sullivan. Well, I don't intend to let them stop us. I intend to deliver those glasses if it's the last thing I do. Excuse me, darling, but um, where are the glasses? Why, they're in my handbag. You sure? Of course I'm sure. I put them in. Why, they're gone. Paul, they're gone. It's all right. Don't get excited. I've got them. You've got them? Yes, I took them out of your handbag half an hour ago. Oh. Just to be on the safe side. You know, I've got a hunch that you're not being straight with me about this business. I think that you think that I think that... What do you think, darling? I think I'm beginning to feel sick. Yes, I thought you were. Let's go back to our seats. Hello. Everything shipshape? Yes, thank you. Oh, just going back? Yes, my wife. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, have a cigarette? No, I won't have one just now, thank you. 
Looks like being a nice trip. Yes. Temple, I've been meaning to ask you, uh, that girl we found... Joyce Raymond? Yes. Was she a friend of yours? Hardly a friend. But you'd seen her quite recently, I mean. Yes, as a matter of fact, I'd seen her that very afternoon. In Bournemouth? No, in London. In London? Yes. Did you tell the inspector that you'd seen her in London? Yes, of course I did. Oh, sorry, I, I didn't mean oh, to. That's all right. I'm not exactly used to this sort of thing, you know. I, I suppose it's only natural that I should be, well, uh, rather curious. What exactly is it you're curious about, Mr. Darwin? Well, the usual sort of things, I suppose. Why she was murdered? Who murdered her? <laughs> yes. I wish I could satisfy your curiosity. How long are you staying in Cairo? Six months, a year, perhaps even longer. I'm with Hyman and Mervyn, the engineering people. Oh. <laughs> I can see Hyman and Mervyn doesn't mean a thing to you. Drills, mining equipment. We deal with all the Middle East combines. Including the Trans-Eurasian Oil Company? Oh, good Lord, yes, I should say so. Without the good old TEOC, we should go right under. You don't happen to know a man in Cairo by the name of Richard Sullivan. I believe he's with the TEOC. Sullivan? No, I'm afraid I don't. Always used to deal with a chap called Beckler, Ronnie Beckler. Nice chap, but drank like a fish. Pity. Is this chap Sullivan a friend of yours? No, he's just a sort of friend of a friend. Ah, I see. Well, if I can be of any help to you while you're in Cairo, just give me a tinkle. I shall be at the Cosmopolitan for the first week. Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, not at all. Only too delighted. I say, look at that yacht. Oh, she's a beauty, isn't she? See you later. Oh, yes, uh, rather. Like some more coffee? No, thank you. Tired? A little. Why don't you try and get some sleep? Yes, I think I will. You can adjust your seat if you'd like to lie down. It's all right, dear. I'm quite comfy. Miss Fraser's well away. Hmm? What was that? I said Miss Fraser's. It's nothing. You have a snooze. <sighs> I beg your pardon, sir. Mr. Temple. Yes? The gentleman in sea cabin asked me to deliver a message, sir. Which gentleman? The dark, stout gentleman, sir. The one I can see through the door, the man smoking a cigar? Yes, sir. He'd like to have a word with you, sir, at your convenience. Yes, all right. Tell him I'll see him on the promenade deck. Now, sir? Yes, straight away. Very good, sir. Oh, do you happen to know the gentleman's name? I think it's Constantine, sir. Brazilian? Portuguese. Right. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, sir. wanted to see me? Mr. Temple? Yes. It's nice of you to spare me a few minutes. That's all right. Would you like a cigar? No, thank you. Perhaps I ought to introduce myself. My name is uh, Constantine. Well, what can I do for you, Mr. Constantine? I don't suppose my name conveys a great deal to you. To be frank, it doesn't. That is unfortunate. However, what is your business, Mr. Temple? I'm a novelist. I write books, detective stories, amongst other things. Oh, yes. <laughs> detective stories. If you look me up in Who's Who, Mr. Constantine, you will find that I'm the author of 16 detective novels, three plays, four biographies, and a very slim volume of verse. 
You will also find that I am married, that I have a flat in town, a country house near Evesham, and that my hobbies are reading, writing, and criminology. For your private information, Mr. Constantine, I also have a pet aversion. And what is that? People who don't come straight to the point. <laughs> Apparently, you also have a sense of humor, my friend. You may need it. What is it you want? Two days ago, a very charming lady by the name of Miss Raymond visited your flat in Half Moon Street. She handed over to you a certain document. You were told, if my information is correct, to deliver that document to a certain Mr. Richard Sullivan. What about coming straight to the point? Very well. I am a businessman, Mr. Temple. I have a proposition to put to you. What is your proposition, Mr. Constantine? Well, first of all, perhaps you might be interested to know there is no such person as Richard Sullivan. He doesn't exist. He is a myth. He is a... what is the word? A, a figment of the imagination. Go on. If you will hand over to me now the document that Mr. Raymond gave to you, I will pay to you this evening on arrival in Augusta, the sum of 7,000 pounds. Go on. <laughs> that is all. As far as I am concerned, there is nothing more to say. Well, so far as I am concerned, there's quite a lot to say. In the first place, Miss Raymond did not hand me a document. In other words, the document, my dear Mr. Constantine, does not exist. It's a myth. A figment of your apparently fertile imagination. I was asked by Miss Raymond to deliver a perfectly ordinary pair of horn-rimmed spectacles to a gentleman in Cairo by the name of Richard Sullivan. I intend to deliver those spectacles, Mr. Constantine. There is no such person as Richard Sullivan. That I shall find out for myself when I get to Cairo. Uh, Mr. Temple, one moment, please. These glasses, you say they are a perfectly ordinary pair of horn-rimmed spectacles. Not tempered with in any way at all? No. You were told by Miss Raymond I was to... asked by Miss Raymond. <laughs> you were asked by Miss Raymond to deliver them to a Mr. Richard Sullivan? Yes. I will give you 10,000 pounds for the glasses. <laughs> what is so funny? <laughs> Apparently, you also have a sense of humor, Mr. Constantine. <laughs> Is it? Can you help us too? What time do we reach Augusta? About five. Paul, what is it? Why the frown? It appears that you were right about the spectacle, Steve. What do you mean? I've just been offered ten thousand pounds for Ten thousand pounds? Oh, good gracious. Oh, good gracious me now. I've been asleep. I shall want my suitcase. 
I shall want my suitcase, young man. Oh, that's quite all right, madam. The luggage is taken off by the customs. It'll be handed over to you later. Mind your step, Miss Fraser. Oh, give me your hand. Oh. oh, thank you. Can you manage, madam? Yes. Yes, I'm all right. Oh, 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 oh. Steady, Mrs. Temple. Don't go and fall in the water, <laughs> darling. <laughs> uh, would you all mind moving a little further along, please? Thank you. Give me your answer. I can manage. Thank you. Fraser. Yes. Uh, you are in room 24, please. 24? Yes, that is on the first floor. Here is your key. Thank you. I expect we shall meet at dinner, Mrs. Temple? Yes, I expect so. Mr. Darwin. 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 Ah, yes, Darwin. <laughs> room 17, sir. Here is your key. Thank you. Cheers. See you later. Mr. and Mrs. Temple. Mr. and Mrs. Oh, yes. Room 23, please. Here is your key. Thank you. Oh, Mr. Temple? Yes? There was a telephone call for you about half hour ago. For me? Yes, sir. From London? Uh, no, sir. The gentleman is ringing again later this evening. Did he leave a name? No, sir. No name and no message. Thank you. Wilton? Wilton. Oh, yes. Mr. and Mrs. Wilton. Room 14. Here's your razor, darling. Oh, thanks. And your shaving soap. Thanks. Who do you think telephoned? I don't know. Can't imagine. Unless, of course, the girl was mistaken and the call was for someone else. I don't think she was mistaken. Do you? No. That man you told me about, the man on the plane, Mr... Um... Mr Constantine? Yes. Was he serious about the £10,000? Perfectly serious. And yet he knew nothing about the spectacles until you told him? No. He was apparently under the impression that Joyce Raymond had asked me to deliver a document to Richard Sullivan. Yes. Yes, that bears out what I thought. What do you mean? Those glasses contain a secret message. <laughs> My dear Steve, whichever way you look at it, those glasses are just a perfectly ordinary pair of horn-rimmed spectacles. <laughs> do so you think Mr Constantine would have offered you £10,000 for a perfectly ordinary pair of spectacles? Well, you've seen them. You've examined them. Do you see any sign of a secret message? No, I must confess I don't. No, and neither do I, and neither did the CID expert. You know, darling, I just don't understand your attitude over this business. Don't you? My attitude is really quite simple, Steve. There's something pretty important behind all this, and pretty dangerous. But in spite of that, when I get to Cairo, I intend to hand the spectacles over to Richard Sullivan and go politely about my own business. There, so far as I'm concerned, the matter ends. But supposing Mr Constantine was telling the truth and there is no Richard Sullivan? Well, then I shall take the glasses back to London and turn them over to the CID. Yes, well, I've got an intuition about all this. Oh, Steve, don't. Not that good old intuition. <laughs> you can laugh. But you know what I think? I think it's quite possible that we've already met the mysterious Mr Sullivan. Already met him? Yes. What do you mean? Hasn't it occurred to you that Harold Darwin might be Richard Sullivan? Harold Darwin? Yes. If he is, then why hasn't he spoken to me about the glasses? He probably doesn't know you've got them. Unless, of course, you've told him. No, I haven't told him. But I spoke to him about Richard Sullivan, and he said he'd never heard of him. He may have had a reason for saying that. Hmm. Possibly. I think I'll change this collar, darling. Where's the clean one, the blue one? Oh, dear. 
Don't tell me I forgot to pack it. Don't tell me you forgot to pack it. <laughs> Darling, I'm afraid I have. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. I shall have to keep this one, that's all. I suppose it doesn't look too bad. Where's the bathroom, Paul? Did, did you notice? Yes, it's at the end of the corridor on the right. I shan't be a moment. All right. Don't unpack the large case, Paul. I packed everything we need in the small one. Everything except my collar. <laughs> yes, I expected that. <laughs> <sighs> Mrs. Temple? Oh. Yes? Uh, forgive me, but I wonder if you would be so kind as to spare me a moment. What is it you want? I don't know whether your husband told you or not, but we had quite a conversation together on the plane. Unfortunately, oh, he... Oh, so you're Mr. Constantine. Yes. Mrs. Temple, we can't talk out here like this in the corridor. I wonder, would you be so kind as to step into my room for a moment? It's quite all right, I assure you. I, I will leave the door open. Thank you. Well, Mr. Constantine? Your husband is carrying a pair of spectacles. I have offered him 10,000 pounds for them. He has refused and insisted he is taking the spectacles to Cairo to a gentleman by the name of Richard Sullivan. Quite right. Mrs. Temple, I hope you will use your influence with your husband. I hope you will, in fact, persuade him to accept my offer. But the spectacles don't belong to my husband. They were entrusted to him They by... were given to him by a rather impetuous young lady. Yes, I know all about that. For your information, that impetuous young lady was murdered, Mr. Constantine. Murdered because she was stupid enough to interfere in something which... <laughs> did not concern her. You see, Mrs. Temple, the matter is really quite simple. If your husband persists in taking the glasses to Cairo, he will discover... Always providing, of course, that he reaches Cairo quite safely, he will discover that there is no such person as Richard Sullivan. Mr. Constantine, those glasses appear to me to be just an ordinary pair of glasses. Then why are you offering my husband £10,000 for them? Mrs. Temple, I am quite serious. I am, in fact, speaking to you as a friend... If you are fond of your husband and do not wish him to take unnecessary risks, then please persuade him to hand those glasses over to me here in Augusta. Now, tonight, before it is too late. Hello. You've been a long time. Steve, what is it? I've seen Constantine. He stopped me in the corridor. Did he annoy you? Because if no, he did... No, he was really quite pleasant. He asked me to use my influence with you to try to get you to hand over the glasses. I suppose he told you that Sullivan doesn't exist, that when we get to... Here's your call. Yes. Hello? Mr. Temple? Yes? There is a call for you. Wait a moment, please. Hello? Hello? Mr. Temple? Yes? This is Richard Sullivan here. Richard Sullivan? <laughs> That's right. I suppose this is rather a surprise. You didn't expect to hear from me. No, as a matter of fact, I didn't. And not until we reached Cairo. I got the cable from Joyce on Tuesday, just before I was leaving for Naples. Where are you now? Where am I? I'm here, in Augusta. I'm staying with a friend of mine, Colonel Marquand. 
But what about the glasses? Have you got them with you? Yes, I've got them. That's fine. Can I pick them up in about 20 minutes? Yes, of course. Good. It's awfully decent of you to bring them. That's all right. I shall look forward to seeing you. Thanks. Oh, how is Miss Raymond? I'm afraid I've got some rather bad news for you, Mr. Sullivan. What do you mean? About Joyce? Yes. I'll tell you when I see you. All right. I'll be there in 20 minutes. See you in the lounge? Yes, all right. Goodbye. Goodbye. So that was Richard Sullivan. Yes. What time is it? It's nearly half past seven. It's over an hour since he telephoned. I know. I've got a hunch he's not going to show up. Paul, do you think it really was Sullivan? or? What do you mean? Or could it have been Mr Constantine? Well, it certainly wasn't Constantine. For one thing, it was an outside call. Of course, he may have got a friend to phone. That's what I thought. Yes. Well, in that case, why hasn't the friend turned up? Paul, is Constantine on the way to Cairo? I gather he's booked through to Singapore. Of course, that might mean anything. What did he sound like? The man on the telephone, I mean. He seemed a bright, cheerful sort of chap. A bit too cheerful, perhaps. What do you mean? Oh, I don't know. He sounded just a little forced, I thought, as if the whole business had been rather carefully rehearsed. You asked him where he was speaking from. What did he say? No. I didn't ask him where he was speaking from. I said, where are you now? And he said, I'm here in Augusta. I'm staying with a friend of mine, Colonel Marquand. Colonel Marquand. That's an idea. Let's have a word with the receptionist. Is there anything I can do for you, sir? Yes. Have you a telephone directory? Uh, certainly, sir. I want to find the address of a Colonel Marquand. Colonel Marquand? Yes. But I cannot give you the address, sir. Villa Negara. Villa Negara? Where is that? It's about half a mile away, madame. Where, exactly? Uh, towards uh, Syracuse, sir. The villa stands in a small park on the hill, overlooking the harbour. Well, uh, how do we get there? If you wish to walk, you take the road towards the harbour and bear right when you get to the bridge. It is a pleasant walk this time of the night. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Well, what do you say? Shall we go up to the villa or wait? Let's go up to the villa. Right. I'll go upstairs and get the torch. We might need it. <laughs> I thought we should never get here. I was beginning to wonder if we should ever make it. Oh, here's the gate. Where's the house? There it is, through those trees. Oh, what a lovely place. Let's open the gate. I bet they've got a wonderful view from those windows. Yes. What's that, Steve, over there? Oh, it's a lake. It's certainly a lovely garden. Yes. It's a pity it's getting dark. We could have... What is it? Listen. Get back! Get back oh. here! Paul, what is it? There's someone coming, running from the house. Paul! 
Here he is. Look, he's coming down the drive. Hello there. Who are you? Who are you? Oh. Give me your arm. I'll help you. No, don't touch. Don't touch me. Oh. Oh, Paul, he's been shot. He's badly hurt. We've got to do something. I'll get hold of his arm. We'll try and help him towards the gate. Don't, don't touch me. Who are you? What are you doing here? Just a minute, my friend. You're the fellow that spoke to me on the telephone. Are you Richard Sullivan? No, I'm not. But I had to speak to you. I was made to speak to you. I... Oh, oh, my back. I... Potete vedere. Goriandato. Paul, there's someone coming. Don't let them touch me. Please, don't let them touch me. Oh, oh he, he's falling. All right, I've got him. Temple, listen. Listen. Whatever happens, get those glasses to Cairo. That was the second episode of the Francis Durbridge serial, Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery, with Crawford Logan as Paul Temple and Gerda Stevenson as Steve. Others taking part were Richard Greenwood, Eliza Langland, Angus McInnes, Lucy Patterson and Nick Underwood. The production was by Patrick Rayner. It won't be long before Paul finds himself looking down the wrong end of a revolver. Stay with us for part three of Paul Temple and the Sullivan Mystery.